Hey guys, welcome back. This is Courtsahe, Courtsahe.com, as we are back and a day away from a pivotal game five, a crucial game five for the Phoenix Suns. Not so much for the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll talk about that. My stress for game five is gonna be high. That's just a that's just like a precursor. That's just a warning of what is going to happen. I honestly believe that if the Phoenix Suns don't win game five, there's going to be some really, really, really bad consequences that follow that loss, especially if they lose three games in a row. Do I think it's going to happen? I'm going to give you my answer shortly in this um, podcast episode. But first of all, we have to cover the breaking news because the draft is July 29th, which is 13 days away. We're under two weeks away from it. Chad Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley are all considered to go within the first five draft picks, especially Jack, uh, Chad Cunningham, who's regarded as the first overall pick in the draft where the Pistons will try uh will draft for him while there are teams aggressively trying to trade up for that first round draft pick for that first overall pick. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they're gonna be like, you know what, we don't buy into this draft. This is not gonna be suiting best for us, so let's see if we can get better assets out of the first overall draft pick. But we have the draft coming up. The NBA Finals will be ending on the 22nd of July. We have the draft, as I mentioned, on the 29th of July. We have every single bit of reported and rumored news. A lot of it could be contradicting or could just be fueling uh, rumors that could be turned into reality. But before we even jump into that... Let's talk about social media. Let's break it down. I want to know, I want to tell you guys where to find us, where to find Quartz Heat. Obviously, the first thing I'm going to talk about is QuartzAheat.com. QuartzAheat.com is where where you're able to get all of your articles from breaking news to in-depth stories that we cover everything, like every single topic from individual players to duos, to organizations, to just errors that the NBA had, to sparks in different errors that really defined basketball, either when it was in college, transitioning to the NBA, or solely in the NBA. We have long-form articles, short-form articles, but we even have in-the-middle articles where it's not too long and it's not too short. We have it all. We even have an epic scoreboard that keeps track of all of the NBA games. And it just covers everything. Plus, we have a sixth store um, through CourtsHeat.store. That is our link to take you to Macari, where you can get exclusive deals for both sites. But, for also, you never have to lose your products again as you go through Macari like them. We might send you a great offer and you'll be getting great merchandise and the things that you want and that you absolutely love like everyone else that has bought a product 
from our store. So remember that is courtsaheat.store. But if you want to go to the main shop, go to courtsaheat.com slash store. Or if you're on a mobile or desktop device, just go to courtsaheat.com, click on the sidebar uh, or the drop down and just click shop. And we'll have everything for you. You can even buy some more merchandise, clothing-wise. If people still care about face masks, we have that for the population that's scared to get out of their house. If that is you, I am sorry that you actually have to be put through that. Anyways, we have sick merchandise from clothing to PSA graded cards to... Um, starting line of figures, action figures, just in general. Uh, like we sold a Michael Jordan Space Jam uh, action figure. It is really cool collectible that someone absolutely loved. We have lots featuring books combined with DVDs, figures, cards, memorabilia. We've sold autographed stuff before that people absolutely loved. That was even certified by Beckett to prove the authenticity. We have everything. But getting back to social media, look, we're putting out polls. We're taking the links. We're sharing our opinion. And we're sharing you the news as it is happening in the moment, up up close and personal as all the news has been. Because it seems like, especially when you're an NBA fan, especially when you have that one team that you really love, that hometown team, or if you move to a new state and you really like that new team, but you also like your old team, but you really like the new team better because they actually have skill, or you just like some of the players in there, it hits differently, especially when it comes down to trades, signings, releases, hirings, uh, firings from the front office, and different things like that. So it can hit. It can hit. It can hit a lot. Um, tougher, especially let's say you're a fan of the Cavaliers, and you now have the heartbreaking news that Kevin Love and Colin Sexton could both be on their way out. That's tough. Cleveland does not have much to live for, especially after uh, they won their 2016 title. Took them a very long time to get a title, and now they're just back to square one. It always seems like they take one step forward, two steps back. But I don't know how that even applies anymore, because they've not taken any steps in the right direction. If they have, they're taking like 10 steps back and not even kidding. But where you can find us, where we're interacting the most during basketball games that we're watching, especially during the NBA postseason, especially during the NBA Finals that we are going through right now, find us on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash courtsideheat. If you like Instagram and you are more of that photo type, trying to uh, just liking Instagram for what Instagram provides, we gotcha. Go to Instagram.com slash NBA and you will be able to see all the different content that we put up, all the uh, different, um, I, I don't know what you call them, like funny images. I, I really don't know like the proper term to call like these things. The one about we had about Chris Paul 
and his choking um, insurance. But we also break down each game, and we're just giving out really fun facts, keeping people engaged. I had a person on social media, and I pray that they were kidding. Like, legit, I'm, like, hoping that they were kidding, that he actually called P.J. Tucker the uh, one of the greatest of all times from his position. I'm hoping that he was just trying to uh, be funny. I really, really hope that. If not, that is just sad because one person, which was just a troll count, said MVP. But this person, no, no, no. He Now the guy said, dude, he's like an all-time great. What are you talking about? Let's just hope that he was not being serious. Now, if he said that on April Fool's Day, eh, I could take it as a joke, but I am not too sure. But hey, you know what? That's the kind of engagement we're getting. That's all the interactions you saw, you just heard, is what we're getting every single day. And we love to have that conversation. Love to just have that, like, a few-minute talk of, like, Hey, this is what the video just showed of, like, a funny moment that happened, a blooper, a glitch that P.J. Tucker had, uh, different fun facts, whether that be about Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Chris Milton, or whomever else. It's just really exciting. We love to connect with you. We love for you guys to hit the follow button, hit the like button, keep sharing our content for more and more people to see because... We post daily to the podcast, to social media, and it has to be going. We have to be cooking now throughout social media because we are in the prime season of the NBA Finals, and my home team is finally in it. Other social media accounts you can find us at is facebook.com slash heat, tumblr.com slash heat, linktree.com slash heat. And if you don't want to remember all of those, trust me, I'm right there with you. I can't remember my own social media um, handles. So what I like to do, what I prefer for you guys to do to make your life more easier, and just so it's all right there, go to the Google machine, go to google.com, type in Heat one word, Heat one word, and now we'll pull up courtsy.com, the website, the mothership, this thing that we pretty much ride and die on, right? Our podcast, like from SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you guys get your podcasts, but also gives you majority, if not all, of our social media links, whether that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and whatever else. And a quick announcement, a quick update. We will be posting back the medium, so expect the majority of our content to go back on the medium. We took a bit of a hiatus from medium because we had we were trying to reinvent the site. We were trying to pump out even more content, and I drove away from medium because we just could not keep up with it in a way to keep, uh, I don't know what the right term would be, but keeping our exclusive content away from medium because we could not um, put that as exclusive. However, what I will say is that Medium's also a great place. We also had tons of interactions, and I'm hoping to get back onto that. Plus, it's always nice to have another place where you also get news from if it's political, 
if it's uh, nonfiction, if it's satire, if it's sports, if it's journalism. I, I guess you could categorize that as political too. I don't know. Whatever categories you guys are looking at, there are tons of categories now in the world of just what you can actually see, especially for media when you're trying to find reliable news, when you're trying to find breaking news on anything. That's why we chose Medium. That's why we're going back to Medium because we want to return back to our following base and we want to have another place outside of the website where you can connect to us. Plus, plus, we have so many more social media accounts. Just search us up. Like I said, go to Google, put in Courts of Heat one word. It'll make your life easier. My mind already forgotten about what I was talking about for social media, which is not great when you have to try to cut all of your uh, social media handles and try to promote them like I'm doing right now in, in every single podcast episode. But at least my mind can remember the top free, the core free. It's like my big free. It's like I got the big free of like Courts of Heat social media handles. It's like the big free of the Miami Heat, Brooklyn Nets, right? I just got the big free of social media handles or social media accounts, which is not, it's not bad. Um, I guess you can categorize, if I'm going off the Miami Heat, and I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Twitter would be LeBron, Chris Bosh would be Facebook, and D-Wade would be um, Instagram, because I'm more dominant on Twitter I use Facebook um, a lot, and I do use Instagram a lot because I just connect Instagram to Facebook to Tumblr, and we're easy. Like, if there was no setting, like, legit, just think about this for a minute. Remember when Flickr was a thing, and they actually had that setting in there, like, a few years ago, and you can uh, synchronize that to your Flickr account, but now they just moved away from that, and Facebook came on. Since in uh since Facebook bought Instagram and now you have the option to post your content from Instagram, synchronize it all the way over, uh, from Instagram to Facebook and now to Tumblr. If I did not have that feature, if Instagram did not have that feature, ooh, content would have been much harder to get out. But that is a really good feature. I don't use any other features on Instagram besides that one when I'm doing my post, which is amazing. And I have, like, just went on a mini, like, I just went on a mini talk about that one feature. I don't know why I like that feature so much. I guess because it means less work and more time for me to watch NBA highlights and just covering it, which also helps. But putting all of that aside is now that social media you know where to find us and if you're listening to the podcast right now congratulations congratulations you found us well i'm hoping that you did or you just accidentally stumbled upon us which in that case congratulations you accidentally stumbled upon us and that's great now getting to the breaking news segment whether this is your first time listening or you are a repeating a repeating listener, we always go from the breaking news segment into the postseason and whatever else topic we could talk about. But now, since we're in the NBA Finals, we just go from breaking news, talking about that, breaking it down in depth to the NBA Finals going in depth, right? Because 
there's not so much we could talk about. When the NBA Finals are over, we will talk about the NBA Draft. But until then, my mind is focused on the NBA Finals and the Phoenix Suns. And if you guys saw it, the last podcast episode was emotional or passionate when talking about the Phoenix Suns. Imagine what will happen the Phoenix Suns will lose Saturday. And I might never know. I might never know. Before I get to breaking news, I might post something small about the NBA Finals. Just like I did what I did last Sunday. Just talking before the game. Just NBA Finals. No breaking news. Full on Suns, Bucks conversation. Breaking that down. I may do that again for Saturday. I may do that for tomorrow. You never know what I'm feeling. Or I might just be going all beast mode on social media and try to um, just troll everyone on social media that I can that is against the Suns. Either way, I'm accomplishing something. But putting that aside, let my mind stay on track for once and let's get to the breaking news segment that we all have been waiting for. Okay, so as we know, and this is exciting, I was just talking about the NBA draft. The NBA will be conducting its 2021 draft at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn with an in-person green room. So, basically, with the draft taking place on July 27th, they're doing things in person. I think the draft will be in person. If I read that correctly, they're opening it back up to in-person. I'm pretty sure they're still going to be doing their COVID protocols, keeping people safe, social distance, blah, 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 what else they have thrown into those protocols. But this is exciting for players because the 2020 draft had to be virtual, which hurt for guys that could not have had that special moment with the with people with crowds inside our arena watching the draft in person no one had to abide by covid rules and you could actually go up to the stand with crowds either booing you or cheering you on and it would have been like any other draft before covid but this is exciting that's going to be an exciting opportunity whether you're down on this draft or not that does not matter but for these players, they worked very hard, and now they're getting the opportunity to get drafted. And hopefully, if I did read that correctly, they're going to be in person, and that's just going to be exciting. And on my next podcast episode, I will confirm that because I'm pretty sure if I read things correctly, they're going to try to open it back up to in person. I wouldn't see why not since they're letting people come back in to stadiums. Right, so I wouldn't expect this to be off limits, top secret. Can't no one can get in, no one can get in, or no one can get out. Right, it's not going to be like that. But speaking about COVID, speaking about health and safety protocols, what a weird time for Team USA. Like, I have not talked about them yet, and I don't know if I should be. Right, because. They were down 0-2. They lost Nigeria, and I believe... Oh, don't do this to me. Was it Australia? It was some of an A. But we lost back-to-back games. 
before taking the win one to two in our exhibition games. Um, however, Team USA will be without Bradley Beal as he enters those protocols, enters Team USA's protocols. So he has had to be forced to opt out of the Olympic team known as Team USA. And Team USA is working very hard to try to find some last place to replace um, Bradley Beal. So it always comes down to his last-minute calls. Who are you going to be able to fill in? But it, it was funny. I, I actually couldn't believe it. I saw, oh, Jason Tatum's out. He has, like, this, I think it was, like, a sore knee injury. It was a knee injury sometimes. He had to sit out. Uh, uh, USA's third game, I thought they were going to lose. Somehow they won, which is amazing. At least USA was able to take a victory. Hopefully we can have it back-to-back wins. That would be great. I just don't want to have a situation where we go 4-5. and five and, like We're 4 out of 5 where we lost and we only pick up one win. That would be devastating. But yeah, it's just so different with Team USA. Because you have those defined moments, meaning you had a dream team defined. You had Kobe and LeBron and Kyrie, but more so Kobe and LeBron. That's defined. That is where you can't stop Team USA, just with those two players alone. And Team USA, back then when it had LeBron and Kobe, were pretty stacked. Had some really great players there. If my memory recalls correctly, but yeah, that is, yeah, that is um, disappointing. But um, also, what's more disappointing, if you guys were watching Team USA Olympic basketball for their exhibition game um, today, their game got canceled. You at uh, Team USA against Australia game today has been canceled in Las Vegas. Because of COVID, because of health and safety protocols, I'm going to assume that they're doing it because of Bradley Beal and they're trying to make sure no one else is infected and they're going to make sure that they're okay to play uh, their fourth game. I would expect them to play their fourth game in the upcoming days, but you kind of assume this was going to happen. It's smart for them to do because at least they're not affecting more people whether they're symptomatic or not, you still don't want to have those positive COVID tests because it neither like neither Australia or Team USA could afford any players being out or anyone infected by COVID, especially for their teams. I don't know. For me, and this is just my personal opinion, I've never got into Olympic basketball. I just haven't. I always see these great highlights. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just feeling it wrong. Maybe I should get excited for Olympic basketball. I, I don't know. I just, I've never been a fan. I'd rather watch college basketball than Olympic basketball. I don't know. And that's just not being, being weird about anything. No, it's just a preference over one another. But you would think I would be more interested in Olympic basketball with in known NBA players, but I'm just not. I'd rather watch a college basketball game, 
But even then, I really don't get into college either. I don't know. I'm just a main NBA guy. Don't even know how I got down that route. However, moving on. Talk about negativity. Look, um, I don't know how to say this nicely. But when you have a movie with star LeBron James, people are not going to be in... um, it's not going to be uh, um, optimistic about the movie. They're not going to be um, excited about the movie. Afusia, uh, afusia, uh, I can't even pronounce that word. Never mind. But they can't be excited for the movie because Space Jam, A New Legacy, featuring LeBron James, is already getting horrible reviews from early watchers, from early movie watchers. And here are just some of the comments that were made on Rotten Tomato. Uh, here we go. One that was actually three days ago. Or two days ago. Here we go. Um, this is by Richard, Chicago Sun-Times. Oh, boy. Quote, I've never seen anything like it. I also hope to never see anything like that again. And I wish I could unsee what I've seen. End quote. Well, that's harsh. Okay. Uh, maybe he wasn't a LeBron fan. Or really, maybe you should have never made a remake of Space Jam. And I've seen Space Jam featuring Michael Jordan. And let me say, that's a classic. So I, I've not seen the movie yet. Oh, as much as it's going to pain me. And how much I really do not want to see LeBron James Anywhere after the first round, I may watch the movie, see what everyone's talking about. But that's, but well, maybe it was just the one guy. Let's go over to Bill from Arizona Republic. Oh, boy. Uh, quote, James is an engaging presence. But as his season with the Lakers proved, he alone just isn't enough. End quote. Wow, that got that that got personal. He like he not only did he attack the movie, but he attacked the Lakers on top of it. His basketball abilities this uh this past season for him. Wow, wow. Um, let's see if we can find another one. Um, that's. Pretty much it. There's some more Ron Potatoes, uh, Ron Tomatoes on uh, the tomato meter. I only got a 42%. I might watch it. I might watch uh, Space Jam and New Legacy just to see why everybody's hating on it. Well, okay. Please, no one get mad. I may lose a few views. I have no idea who you are and how much you like LeBron James or... What he blues, but still, LeBron James is the biggest, like, he he's the most hated man in the NBA. Like, nobody likes him. And it's, be, it's not because he's a bad basketball player. It's just because of his personal takes on politics. And I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to talk political um, or what he uh, believes in and how he um, pretty much has 
50 million followers to his disposal just to talk garbage rants. But besides all of that, he's built such a negative light that many people rather see him lose and just really do hate the man. So, even, like, even if people are hating on the movie early on, could it just be because of LeBron James or it's just because Space Jam should have just never been create a sequel to never create like a remake and i don't know i don't know because there's a lot of lebron james haters uh for his basketball and for his uh uh his uh comments outside of the basketball court but look i have no say in this right now because i've not seen the movie so i can't say oh it's all lebron james fault or no they should have not made a sequel to the movie honestly my opinion is undetermined and unknown because I have not seen the movie yet. I have no official answer because if I can't see a movie, then how could I judge it, right? It's like saying, well, I have, like, I've never had, um, uh, like, uh, different cereal. Like, I never had, uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. So let's just use that as an example. I can't, I can't say whether or not the product's good or not. I can go off what people say, but until I personally eat it, until I personally have that product, I really can't put a valid, a valuable response in there that can positively, negatively, or just leave things neutral about that product. And I hope that makes sense, because basically what I'm driving at is people are hating early on about the movie, and... It's pointed more towards LeBron, but then towards Space Jam, it's all divided. So, I said I might watch the movie. I might see what it's about. I've seen early trailers about it, right? But that is the breaking news on that. Should we have been surprised? I don't know. People are hyped up about it, but these are only a few reviews. Who knows how many people are going to positively positively like it right so you just never know maybe it's just those people that really just hate the movie and that's pretty much it but i think on both ends you're gonna have tons of people that like it and tons of people that don't and you just have this like in between in between section of just people that have like no like either way like if they hate it or if they love it right but that is shocking because i saw it i saw the space jam movie would have not received that many like hate like that many uh really bad uh reviews like negative reviews like how much some people even like hated it or even the fact that people were just roasting lebron james on and off the basketball court which i saw was funny but still for Space Jam and New Legacy, the movie, that's tough. Moving away from uh, movies and whatnot, let's talk about um, free agents. Summer's coming, you know what that means. Post-NBA Finals, we have the free agency. We have free agency where this is where players make a choice to say, I want to try to become a better player through this team. I want to try to go to the puffs. I'm going to try to get the most money. I'm going to do what's smart for me, etc., etc. 
and Neurons Noel, who had a, a okay to good Knicks run. Let me just say that. I'm actually looking up his stats right now. Neurons Noel, okay. He had, sure, the stats do not help with 5.6 rebounds and seven tenths of assists per game. However, he's shooting 61% from the field, and he doesn't get that many shots, but he's known as a good defender. He's known as one of those bigs that can help you in the paint, that can fill gaps, that can take on bigger men, taller men, able to break down defenders in the paint to where they can't get easy buckets. Right, so he's more of a defense player, pick and roll player. He can set a nice screen, but you know what? Statistics does not have to prove everything, right? A big man does not have to be this guy that's putting up Shaq numbers or Wilt Chamberlain numbers, even though no one can match Wilt Chamberlain because I don't know if the NBA had any rules to stop him. Like, legit, he was getting monster stats every game, every game he played in. But, however, Nerlens well. Who is supposed to be an unrestricted free agent this summer, former Knicks player, is getting interest. Um, is getting interest from the Raptors, the Hornets, the Kings, and the Trailblazers about signing Noel. What are what what would be, what what would be the smart option for Noel? If we're just thinking about Portland, would be interesting. But if they get rid of Damian Lillard. Um, on a trade, who would you get back, right? But let's just say it's you and CJ McCollum. Let's say CJ McCollum's the ultimate star, and that's who you're rolling with for the next few years of your main star until you're able to draft someone or trade for someone or just acquire through free agency and whatnot. Then you have the Kings, who has a mess with Buddy Heald, who just wants attention and just ignoring his head coach and organization. The same organization is paying him all of his money to play basketball. Having second shots about trading for Ben Simmons, actually putting in multiple first-round picks as a protected trade. Yeah, Sacramento is just rough right now. They're a tricky situation. Could Noel's could Noel make a difference on a team? He's not a player you can build around. Sir, not even a long shot of that. However, he is a good defensive player and a big that can help out your team, whether that's going to be the second unit or starting minutes. However, I would like to say one thing, and that's that the Kings have no direction, and even if they pursue Noel and they get him to sign, it's not like that he's going to be this takeover beast like DeAndre Ayn or anyone else to say, you know what? He could be a future key player to organization that leads him to the playoffs. I don't know. They were 31-41 and 41 this season. Not bad. They were two seeds out from the playing tournament. But since Adam Silver's bringing back the playing tournament, the 10th seed and going down will have the 10th and 9th seed will have the benefit 
of making the playing tournament, which will be significant, right? The Pelicans and Kings had about the same record, pretty much the same record. Um, Look, the Kings are just the Kings right now, and I know that's like a horrible thing to say, but you really got to face it. 2019 season, they ended 31-41, and 41, identical to 2020 season. 2018, they're slightly better, 39-43, and 43, but didn't make the playoffs. They have not been to playoffs since 2006. And in 27-55, in 2017, 2016, 32-50, you guys get the gist. You guys get the concept of what I'm driving at. The Kings are just lost right now, and what could have been with Buddy Heald has just turned into a drama-fied, a consequence of actions, I don't know, has just become a drama-fied situation. Plus, Marvin Bagley was not who this Kings thought they were going to be getting coming out of college. I, I want to say Kentucky so bad, but I know by me saying that I'm going to be so wrong. And he played for Duke. The one time I don't say Duke, he played for Duke. It was either between Kentucky or Duke. However, it was Duke. I just it just never transitioned. But as a fourth as a fourth overall pick, I kind of expected more of him. Again, Sacramento, but still with Bagley, Buddy Heald, and whomever else they have on there. You should have been slightly better. And I get it that you were one seed out from making the playing tour. Maybe that could be different. But they seem to have no direction. It seems like Sands are just crippling from the inside out. And then you come to the Hornets. The Hornets would be the best situation for the Wells. Why would it be? Why would it be porn for him? Because... He's incredibly young. He's uh he's twenty seven years old. He, in twenty fourteen, we drafted with the sixth overall pick, right? But with the Hornets, I'm gonna look up his. He's a power forward center. So if I look up the Hornets roster, they have Cody Zeller, I believe still. But their power forward is Miles Bridges, and their center's Cody Zeller. I would take Noel over uh Cody Zeller. Just my personal opinion. Sure, you could say he was averaging way better stats, and Zeller was this season. He was. I'm gonna give you that. I would. I would put Noel's. I put Noel in the second unit. Right. He's more of a backup center. So I would say, you know what? Go to the Hornets. Go to the Hornets and. If I were him, and it was it was right money and everything, I would go to the Hornets, try to sign like a one to two year contract, go play with Lamel, go play with Gordon Hayward, go play with Zeller, go play with Bridges. It could be a great situation because the Hornets made the playing tournament last see uh this uh this season. They just could not. They beat the Warriors. They just could not advance it any further. And they were just injuring too with a freshly off the surgery line rehab center Lamel Ball and an injury ran Gordon Hayward that season who dealt with I don't know how many injuries but affected knees, hamstrings, ankles, 
hands, fingers. It was pretty crazy how many injuries he had in his first season with the Charlotte Hornets. But yeah, out of all four of the teams, I want to go to the Raptors. I want to go to the Kings. I won't even go to the Blazers. I would go to the Hornets. I believe that would be the best situation for him. But here's also saying more teams can come on the board and say, you know what, I'm interested in Noel. I'm interested to see if we can uh, pan out a deal, work out a deal, ink a contract. That would be interesting. But right now, if he had those four teams on the board and they said, I'm going to give you roughly around the same offer everyone else is giving you. Come join my team. I would take Charlotte in a heartbeat, not even considering any other option. And that is just my personal opinion. Okay. This is contradicting and this is hurting my brain. Because you remember how I said, oh, uh, the Knicks do not consider RJ Barrett untouchable if given an all-star player, all-star caliber type player. Something good in return where they're taught by like Colin Sexton, like Damian Lillard, etc. etc. However, people in touch with the Knicks, close to the Knicks organization, have actually come away with the impression that they have little interest of trading RJ Barrow, let alone of putting him in any trade packages. My concern about that is that's what your impression was. And how much could actually change within an organization? Let's say you read the wrong way. Is there a small chance the Knicks could trade RJ Barrett? Yes. Do I think they are going to? I would be shocked as I would say no. Because I believe RJ Barrett has considerable talent that can be used by Tom Thibodeau. That can be used by the Knicks. Because he's a great player that can blossom to something great in the years um, years ahead. So if people are saying, um, get close to the organization, that they're not feeling an interest to trade RJ Barrett, you know what, we're going to keep him. Instead of swapping out point guards, trying to swap out a shooting guard for someone else, let's just keep him. Let's just, let's just roll with him for another season or two. Let's see how he progresses. Because I'm actually going to look up his stats. I'm going to look up RJ Barrett's stat line because I'm, I'm actually intrigued. I've looked it up before. I know. I just can't remember. He averaged 17 points per game, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists off a of 44% shooting from the line. He was up in games, minutes, points, field goal percentage, rebounds, and assists. He had career highs in every single category that I just listed off. That is huge, especially for the Knicks, because he's only going to be in his first season. Twenty, He's going to be 22 years old. He's going to be about 23, 24 years old when his contract, his rookie contract expires. So it definitely would be interesting to see what they're going to do with him, what their final decision is going to be, because originally said that they're willing to trade him for um, this all-star caliber player 
for someone like Colin Sexton, someone like Damian Lord. Now, those are actual names that they were interested in. But now, if people are close to the organization saying, you know what, that's no longer the case. They don't want to really trade R.J. Barrett. But how much could we actually confirm those sources? Meaning, are the Knicks actually going to stay with that option, stay with that mindset? You know what, we're going to stay with R.J. Maybe we could try to work out a deal where they can use someone else in replace of R.J. Because ultimately, you want to have a better point guard than Derrick Rose. Because you like to have someone much younger than Derrick Rose. He's still a heck of a ball player despite injuries. But still, um, father time does not give up on uh, forcing players into retirement. And um, and injuries have just played his career. So if you're looking at one position for the next upgrade, that is point guard. But if you really do think about it, that would be something. That would be something you're like, you know what? He's untouchable for now. We're not saying he's untouchable, but you're trying not to trade him unless something really came across their desk where it was like, trade RJ, trade RJ, trade RJ. This is the next thing. This is the next piece to take the uh, next to the playoffs. I would not see that happening. Like where something that significant comes up where they're like, do it, do it right now, just do it, just do it, just do it. My personal opinion is that they're not going to do that. I can be way off, but I also know this, that maybe, just maybe, the Knicks were saying that he was not untouchable, that they'll consider him, but have not ruled out the possibility of keeping him or trading him. Maybe that's what they meant by he's not untouchable and they're willing to trade him. Maybe they had that in the back of their mind. Maybe this is the confirmation, if I'm not jumping the gun too soon, that they're not going to trade RJ. Because if sources within the organ as close to an organization saying, no, they have no interest in trading him, not in trade packages, not in any way, that is significant. But I will say this, take this as speculation not a report because rumors happen things happen things are said things are done but the only thing that speaks louder louder is actions and whatever happens to rj happens to rj bearer correct i think that's a fair thing to say because uh what's the word what am i trying to say here you just never you just never know of an organization because if they feel as though they need to get rid of RJ, they'll get rid of RJ. But if they feel as though they need to get, keep him, they'll keep him. That's true about any player unless you're really unto- untouchable and you're very valuable to the organization. Right? It's not like the Dallas Mavericks going to say, well, let's trade Luka Doncic, our franchise player. We could have better success with uh, blank. They, they will never do that. He's too valuable. But with R.J. Barrett, he's still trying to prove himself. Who has not played a full 82, point, uh, 82 games yet. Because due to the fact that um, they're both, season, both of his career seasons were shortened due to COVID or stopped. Or they just could not make the playoffs for whatever reason besides the season, right? Right, so it's like one of those two things. So keep an eye out for that. I'm going to keep updating you guys 
every single time I have an update, but I thought that was pretty interesting. It contradicted my entire thing I had on RJ and what that could mean, but maybe I looked at it the wrong way. Maybe we looked at it the wrong way where he said he's not untouchable. He's not this valued player where he's absolutely untouchable without a shadow of doubt. Maybe they were just saying he's not untouchable. We could trade him or we could not. We're keeping both roads open. We're keeping both sides open. And we'll just see which side of our brains finishes the tug of war and actually wins that dispute. Okay. Game four. NBA Finals. Wow. I really put that back in my notes. It's game five. Game five. Game five preview. NBA Finals. Suns. Bucks. ABC, 6 p.m., saying random stuff. It sounds way cooler, though. Look, I'm not nervous. We're day out from the NBA Finals, and we both, we all know where we sit. We all know where we sit with this game. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say... The Suns are going to absolutely crush them, dominate them, because it never works out that way. Typically in the Suns game, when they win, it's close. When they lose, something always bad happens, or it's going to be a slight blowout, if not a complete blowout. But here's the thing. I'm going to pick the Suns, but as I said last podcast episode, and I highly, I mean I strongly suggest you listen to that podcast episode, because I talked about game three more than I'm going to talk game four more than I talked about it today. I am, but I'm going to repeat this. What I said last podcast episode is that if the Bucks take a three to two lead over the Phoenix Suns, consider it over. Consider it over. Because they have the advantage. If they lose, at least the Bucks have home court advantage on Tuesday. The Suns don't. If the Suns lose, then we have to play in their arena with their fans and nothing going our way, our way all series long. I would be scared to death to have that reality. To have that cold feeling to say... Phoenix Suns are on the brink of elimination. They have to go into Milwaukee and try to defend themselves against a crowd of hungry, hungry, hungry fans that are dying for a championship win. Because if you saw it, the watch party on the outside of the Pfizer Form Arena was impact. Imagine if they win game and imagine if they go into game six. That would be an epic disaster for the Phoenix Suns. Imagine this, Bucks and six. They won the next four games. How epically crushing, humiliating, infuriating, frustrating would that be? If you saw last podcast episode, I got a little too passionate about it. If that happens, I may never be able to calm down again. 
And if that's the case, I would be sick into my stomach. I would have this queasy feeling, this off feeling because not only is that my home team, but I just realized that a team just got beaten four straight times in a row. At of three times in Milwaukee, one time in Phoenix. Pretty much will happen. However, however, I still believe the Suns win. And if we do win, I believe we win 115 to 112. But here's the thing. This one's going to be a close game. And this one's going to end in dramatic fashion. That is my final official prediction. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have issues that needs to be resolved. If Chris Paul can't pick up a stink of basketball and dribble it correctly, he needs to be subbed out. He's no longer to shoot that ball. Campaign is to come in. Because Campaign is not this glorified point guard that we all need, but he's an exceptional point guard and a heck of a ball player. And that's one player that we do need on our bench because no one can stay in front of him. And even though he gets sloppy with it, gets too jittery with it, too quick with it, and tries to be fancy with it sometimes, he still executes. Last game, he finished perfectly. Majority of the game, he finished Passing, shooting, and just playmaking wise. So if Chris Paul needs to man up and say, Look, look, Monty, look, you're the coach and all, but my hands physically can't do it. I need to sit. We need to get campaign going. We need Devin Booker going. We need Donnie Andre and going. I'm not going to sacrifice game five for the Phoenix Suns like I did last game. I know what a mistake I made, I know the errors I made. My hands are killing me. I'm wearing down. We need to get campaign more involved. He needs to man up. He needs to take that step. Chris Paul needs to recognize that. He does. Recognition, recognizing the fact that you almost won that game, but it was because of you that we lost. That is gut-wrenching. That is humiliating, and that is beyond failure. And I like Chris Paul. I think he is 100% a Hall of Famer, going to be a Hall of Famer, who go down as one of the greatest point guards of all time. But what he did last game was a joke. He was a joke. I was despised of just seeing him on the corner missing every single shot. That's not how he plays basketball. That was sloppy. That was trash. And it was horrific to say the least. And if I see that again from game five, then I know that the NBA Finals and the Chris Paul curse caught back up to him. Why? Why? He didn't play like this in our season series. Chris Paul... Needs A, needs to get out of his own head and needs to take that next step of communication. Saying, I can't do it because of my hands. I can't do it because I'm not feeling it. So get campaign involved. Get someone else involved. If I were Monty Williams, for once, get Mikel 
Bridges out of the starting lineup. It's frustrating. Where's Mikel? Tell me. Where's Mikel Bridges? I'm starting to get annoyed. I'm starting to get annoyed. Why was he not there against the Clippers? Why was he not there now? We need him now. It's frustrating. It's annoying. Mikel can no longer be there. I originally said against the Lakers, against the Nuggets, he was there. He was there when we needed him. But Cam Johnson's taking over. Take Bridges out of the game in the starting uh, lineup. Take him out for the starting minutes in the first quarter. Let Cam Johnson come in. Let the guy come in. Let the University of Pittsburgh College Park come in and play. Monty, I'm not saying this is all his fault. I'm just saying there are key parts to each game where he has failed to recognize. Why is recognizing? Why is recognition? Why is opening your eyes to awareness so tough for the Phoenix Suns? If it's not Devin Bucker, then it's Chris Paul. If it's not Chris Paul, then it's someone else. And if it's not someone else, it comes down to the coaching staff, which leads to Monty Williams. That's... That's the issue. That's the issue. Mikel needs to say so. Communication has been lacking. Awareness has been lacking. Foul trouble has become more apparent than anywhere. Turnovers have become a prevalent thing for the Phoenix Suns. Especially for Chris Paul. Especially for Devin Booker. And this should not be happening. Not from the supporting cast. Not from any units on that team. It's frustrating and it's annoying. And if Monty Williams cannot give fruit to his team, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that this is all, this is everyone's first time in the NBA Finals besides Jay Crowder. And Crowder's performing greatly as a role player and as a guy has stepped up. Thank you, Crowder. I congratulate you on that and I'm happy that someone is being aware. Of everything's going on, but please, I don't know what more you can ask for. Foul troubling is foul trouble is real. Having missed opportunities is real. We should have never lost that game, but Chris Paul had too many turnovers, had too many bad moments, could not convert a shot. Devin Booker. Had foul trouble, five fouls, couldn't have played majority of the fourth quarter because of his recklessness, carelessness, and just having no awareness on the court. He was not acting like he wanted to be in mama mentality. No, he was acting like a little brown in the court that was trying to figure out his way. Come on. You have to realize you're bigger than that. You have to realize that you're bigger than what you were selling yourself last game. When it came to foul troubles, you cost your team too in that final stretch. You and Paul made the perfect duo in that following, uh, when those final minutes of costing the game. Look, it's not going to get any easier, but we have to go back to Phoenix, regrouped and ready to go. You have to win game five. 
You have to. That's not me saying, oh, look, I'm going to be biased. No, these signs need to wake up. Breathe some life back into you. My goodness. Somebody play consistent and get a stupid rebound. It's frustrating. This isn't the NBA fan talk anymore. This is just me being real. This isn't me being biased and saying, I want sunshine or rainbows to happen for the uh, for the Phoenix Suns. No, I'm saying the Phoenix Suns need to wake up because they're going to get their butts served to them because they can't play stinking defense. They can't rebound. Come on, the Andre should not be the only one getting bored last game. Crowder tried, yes, but come on, it has to be more than just pain. Thanks to him, he stopped uh, second or third chance points. Majority of them was second chance opportunities that he stopped. He had a few blocks. Like, why? It came out of turnovers and foul trouble. We should have won that game. Up nine points in the fourth quarter and you choke it. The Bucks had a 7-0 run, and then they gained the lead. Come on. Chris Milton had 42 points. He rained on your parade. He said, not in my house, not on my court, not on my territory. He had better moments, better impactful 42 uh, points in that second half when he scored than Devin Booker. And Chris Paul did anyone. Foul trouble, turnovers, and just not able to get a single single rebound. One rebound. That's all I asked for. Look, it, it's this is do or die. This is ride or die. This is saying look, if 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 Chris Paul's not ready to go, campaign's gotta step up. If Devin Booker's having an off night, then Cam, Cam Johnson's got to be able to go. If Cam Johnson's having an off night, then give it to Camel, Cam, uh, Mikel Bridges. If, De, uh, if DeAndre Andrews not feeling it or cannot play like he did last game, Torrey Craig's got to come in. If it's not Torrey Craig, Frank Kaminsky, always have that option. Always have that backup. It's frustrating more than anything. It's aggravating. It's depressing. What could have been a free to one lead over the Bucks have now turned into a frustrating game five, a pivotal game five. This is your dive for the Phoenix. This is their elimination game. The Bucks are fine if they lose game five. It's not in the best scenario. It's not in the best interest of the Bucks, but at least they have home court advantage if they lose in Phoenix. We don't. We're hosed if that's the op- if that's the case. I don't want to be the fan base that say, well, we lost four straight games after going up 2-0. Do you know how much a loser we would be? Do you know how humiliating that would be for Monty, for Booker, for Aiden, for Paul, for anyone? Just saying. It's not a good situation. It's not one you want to be proud of. We're going to have rough moments in that game. I can't sweet talk this game five for the Phoenix Suns. I can't pretend everything's going to be perfect. And we're all going to be celebrating around the court saying, 
Will we take in a free to two lead? We've done it. Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Chris Paul played some of the best minutes of their career. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It needs to be real. It needs to be authentic. We can't be this distractive. We can't be this sloppy. We can't be this reckless, careless, and anything else to answer this. Alas, I'm not kidding. I've reached a point now where I'm nervous, but anger has has really, really made me mad. Where anger has just taken over because when I think about it more, honestly, Phoenix should have won that game. I'm more upset that Phoenix lost that game than the Blout game. We contained Giannis to our best ability to 26 points. Those were not impactful points by him. He had no effect on us. But it was Chris Middleton, foul trouble, and turnovers. If Devin Booker didn't have that fifth foul, things would have been different. If Chris Paul would have been playing different, it would have been different. But look, that's what ifs. It doesn't matter anymore. We have to put that game behind us. And we have to say... This is our elimination game. How much do you want it? Where will you dig down deep? Where is unconscious Chris Paul? Where are your Phoenix Suns that carried you to this postseason? Get ready. Get ready, Suns um, Nation. Get ready, fans, Phoenix Suns fans. For everyone that's going to the game tomorrow, be ready because the Suns will need you as much as you need the Suns. This is going to be one of the most crucial games of the entire postseason. This will test what the Phoenix Suns really are capable of, what their best abilities are. Now, if they go out there and ball out, they gave it all they got. Devin Booker went off. DeAndre played solid defense and was impactful on the court of rebounds and whatnot. And Chris Paul gave it all he had. And everyone else gave it all they had and we still couldn't win. I'll accept it. But I better not see 24 fouls. I don't care if Scott Foster's out on that court. That's, no, that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. I'm not taking it as one. It was a joke. When I originally talked about it because I'm like, oh, Phoenix is fine. I took that lightly. But but, but, but it's not going to be the ref's fault. Unless I see something major happen. But come on. Come on. I'm, ju- I'm just saying. Can't do it now. Can't cripple now. I get it. We've never been to the NBA Finals before with this core. I get it. But so have the NBA the Bucks, the NBA Finals, never had the core of the Bucks and the core of the Suns there before. Besides Jay Crowder, no one's had experience. And we better not cripple now. Milwaukee's going to have pressure to put us away, but we're going to have more pressure to stay alive. What The Bucks had more pressure, and they rose, they rose through that, and they just dominated why? Because they knew the severity of it. Maybe knowing the severity and saying, look, this is do or die. This is ride or die with what we have. 
We got to make it count. We got to make it work. Look, I, I can't promise. I can't guarantee anything. I can't I can't predict anything. I can't force a win for the Phoenix Suns. That's not humanly possible. We don't have those supernatural powers to do that. To say, well, I'm going to grant the Suns to win. You can't grant anything. The only thing you can grant is finishing a tire two liter of soda. Look, I'm frustrated. You guys should be too. Not because the Suns lost last game, but it was in the fashion that we did it and our chances of winning that game and what cost us that game. Look, this is a huge deal. Milwaukee's in a great place right now. The Phoenix Suns are not. We're getting inside of our own heads. We're getting inside of our confidence. And we cannot be shaken up going into this game five. Devin's Booker's got to be activated. That momentum from last game's got to carry into tomorrow's game. Chris Paul's got to wake back up. DeAndre's got to continue what he put out, what he produced on the court, the impact that he had from last game to tomorrow's night game. I would make the switch of Mikel Bridges to Cam Johnson, switch it up, make it official. I would have done that last game, but it's time. And if it does not work out for the first half or even first quarter, I would switch it back to Mikel. Keep keep feeding the crowd the ball. Keep giving it to guys that are on fire. Don't take don't give it guys that are on fire. Booker was on fire and he was feeling and you guys were not passing to him. Give DeAndre more opportunities. Because he only had nine shots. And sure you could say one of those nine shots he only converted 33% of them. I don't care. We needed him to take at least 12 to 15 shots per game. I would even like 18 to 21 shots per game. Because the problem that I have, truly, we're not feeding him the rock that well. We're not giving him what he needs to impact this game more than just being a defensive rebounding machine. We need more of this team. And we have to get it now. We have to wake up. We have to rally the valley. We have to rally our fans. If this is the time for everyone to be alive, I'm happy it's in Phoenix because Phoenix Suns need our energy. They need our enthusiasm. They need our optimism that we can win this game because fans can control a game, can make a team either um, rise up or fall down. And as crazy as that may sound, a fan base plays a huge part into a game. Whether you're feeling it, if you're silent and they're silent, it can be negative or it can be positive. And truly, it's going to be interesting to see. It truly is. Honestly, I have nothing else to say. This, this is all I have. We know the stakes. Both teams know the stakes, but it's much higher for the Suns. However, I will say this, that if Phoenix wins, I'll be impressed, but not until I see the results of Game 6. But game by day, game by game, day by day, I'll see you guys tomorrow night on social media. Remember, Courts of Heat, uh, Twitter, 
Twitter.com slash Quirks at He, Instagram.com slash Quirks at He NBA, Facebook.com slash Quirks at He. I've gone passionate. My fuse is starting to get very, very limited, and I am about to freak out if we lose game five. You guys will be the first ones to hear my reactions in the studio. I cannot wait for game five. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm hesitant, of course. Hesitant is probably the right word. I'm pretty sure hesitancy is within the Phoenix Suns right now, too. We'll see what happens uh, tomorrow night. I'll keep monitoring it day by day, and we just take it from there. It's all that we can do. We just got to push through. We got to strive for the best. I'll see you guys on the next podcast episode. Rally the Valley. Uh, Phoenix Suns got to rise up. We we are the Valley. This is our time to conquer. Show the Phoenix Suns our uh, support. Show them that. We'll put behind that game. But they got to show us that they can ball out. And that is in time. Remember, find us on social media by just going to Google and just typing in Courts of Heat, one word, Courts of Heat, on the Google, finding CourtsofHeat.com, CourtsofHeat.store, and everything else for the best. I'll see you guys on the next podcast episode. I'm going to have so much stress come Saturday, but let's go. Let's go get it, Phoenix Suns. Go Suns. Win it all. Suns in six. Let's do it.